This is the Comstock Report podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. Welcome to the Comstock Channel. It is Friday, which means it is time for the wrap-up. I'm Brian Hendrickson, and this week I have Eric and Matthew joining me. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for having us. Good to see you guys. Thanks for coming on. It seemed like the market had kind of a mixed week. I saw a lot of highs, some lows. Overall, how did it do, and how are y'all feeling? (laughs) Um, I, I would say overall, it was it was definitely a negative week. You saw money pouring out of commodities o- across the board. Um, there, there's a lot of reasons you could point to that. You, we, we always talk about month in, weekend. Uh, this happened to be one of those where on Friday you have weeks in, month in, quarter in, on the same day as a quarterly stocks report on the full moon, which is an old time trader thing that they really keep an eye on, and. Uh, and if that weren't enough, then we are also looking at a potential of a government shutdown in the next, what, 36 hours. So I, I think the vibe was just overall negative. I, Matt, do you feel anything different or did you see anything different? Not really. I, you know, I didn't think the report certainly really wasn't bullish, but uh, I'm still surprised by the negative reaction. Just there's just a yeah. lot of pessimism right now. And, and, uh, you know, the, the you have a lot of the the fund money that pile into the market, driving it lower, and so you look at the the weekly charts right now, and and uh, you know we we sold off everything that we gained for the week here, um, you know today, and the uh, actually you know the the corn stocks report to me really was you know slightly uh, bullish, maybe you could say neutral, yeah. but it certainly wasn't negative, and yeah. yet. You know, we're down 11 and three quarters cents right now. And uh, a lot of that had to do with the wheat, I think, that the wheat just got hammered today. Um, You know, and so I I don't even have a great explanation for that. Maybe you have a better idea of what. uh, (laughs) It's not often we're down 37 cents in a day in the wheat. Yeah, you know, the, that correction in the wheat today, uh, well, I don't even know if I call it correction. It was just a sell-off. But the flush in the wheat combined with the weakness in the soybeans, I think the corn was just in sympathy. I, I don't know that the corn had any reason on its own. And, and I would also add that, you know, when we look at uh, what the what the total market movement was for the week, the corn really didn't go anywhere. So the fact that we were able to finish near where we finished last week was significant, even though we were seeing this washout across the board in the wheat, you know, KC did it first. And then, you know, today you get higher supply numbers, uh, domestic wheat, all, all classes of domestic wheat. The crop was just bigger than anticipated at a time when we're not making any big sales. Our, our weekly sales have been okay, but we're not making those big uh, global cash sales to the likes of Egypt and things that the wheat traders really want to see. And so, uh, you know, you, you definitely had enough negative, negative influence coming into this. Then you get this report and it was just, just a trigger to go ahead and wash it out. And so I'm hoping that maybe today's lows will prove to be significant if they overdid it. Like you said, that's a big day in the wheat. I don't know that it was warranted. Yeah. I think the, as you kind of suggested, the market sentiment is set up right now so that, uh, even in a neutral report, the market's just going to yeah. move lower. It's not going to stay flat. It's certainly not going to go up. And so we need good news and we need it now. Um, 
hard to say what that is going to be. I think, you know, as we've stated for the last several weeks coming into harvest that uh, we're just going to kind of drift lower until we get through harvest. And so I think we continue to do that. Um, You know, I think there is a, everyone's aware there's a pretty strong seasonal low here at harvest and, and, uh, and, and we're kind of searching right now for that bottom. We don't quite know where it is. You would think we're getting close to finding it. Um, But, uh, you know, it just kind of weighs on traders, I think, as time goes on here on farmer's mind. But at the same time, I think farmers are seeing this and, you know, you don't want to get emotional and and I don't think market anything right now. Uh, This isn't the time to make sales. And so you just got to stay firm. And if you can, you know, store a lot of that grain, because I do think, um, you know, the the scenario will be different a few months from now. But uh, hopefully it doesn't take that long. Um, but, but I don't know. It's just, uh, it, I think, uh, a lot of farmers are, are thinking it's best just to, to hold off further sales and, and, uh, store, store what they can. Yeah. So let's talk reports. Many came out this week, but let's dig into those hog and pigs plus the stock reports. What all did we see? Well, I'll start with the hog and pig. Um, we have a, a slide showing what that total, uh, number was i i think when you look at that yeah we're elevated we we were 100 percent of year ago levels which wasn't expected we expected to be a little bit lower then i think one of the the key takeaways for me at least was what this report revealed was that every litter of pigs we're getting we're getting a one half of a pig more per litter so every sow is generating another half a pig per litter. The sow liquidation is going to continue if that's going to be the case. I mean, there's no way around it. You're just going to have too much supply. I think we've seen that trend for quite a while now, mm-hmm. and it just continues. And so the, is that just genetics, Eric? I want to just continue to get better. You, you uh, got to think so, yeah. Per, per sow, right? And, and, uh, and yeah. so, the, yeah, the sow, total sow numbers went down, but you're producing more uh, litter per sow. And so we're right back, uh, where we're at. So nothing's really changed. Yeah. You, you know, like I said, if we were hundred percent numbers don't change, they expected them to because of that sow liquidation, but you know, you replace them with pigs and life goes on. So it's, that's probably bad news for hog producers, but good news for, uh, uh, soybean producers maybe, or, or uh, <laughs> <laughs> good. good news for the meal demand, right? Yeah, well, maybe we'll have a place to go with all this meal that's supposed to get crushed out over the coming years, you know? How did the stock reports look? Well, Matthew, I'll let you kind of pinpoint <laughs> on some of that. My my takeaway was this. I'll, I'll give you this before you dig into some of the, some of the devil in the details. But my, my takeaway was corn was actually leaning bullish. I think it was only down today in sympathy to the other grains. Uh, soybeans, you had a little higher number than expected, but you're still below last year and prices are well below last year. So you've got lower numbers and lower price. So uh, that really didn't equate to me. And then wheat, I thought was just neutral to slightly bearish, but I think that slightly bearish was enough to just slam dunk the market. Yeah. I'll back up a little bit and, you know, talk about, they shared the, uh, uh, 2022, crop results. So we're, we're harvesting the 23 crop and the USDA finally put the nail in the coffin on the 2022 uh, crop 
uh, yields. And so they're still making some minor adjustments, Mayor. I don't think that made much difference to the market because it's, uh, I think they added a, a tenth of a bushel to the yields, um, but they maybe offset that by some reduced harvested acres. But, uh, you know, so the, the soybean and corn crop pretty much came in um, right at expectations at 4.27 billion on the beans for 2022 uh, and, and 13.71 on the corn. So that's pretty pretty close to what the trade was looking for. So there really wasn't any major surprises, but uh, um, it is kind of interesting a year later, the USDA still has a chance to make those surprises. So we could be discussing what's going on at Harvest now yet for a year from now. And so, yeah. and that's what, I think we're we're worried about is is a lot of these these demand surprises that the USDA seems to always have. But uh, I, yeah, I think I agree with you. You know, the the corn number to me was moderately bullish. Um, you know, the the soybean uh, stocks came at the high end of expectations, and so I can understand that's why you know the uh, soybean yields are or soybean prices are down. But uh, you know, two hundred sixty eight million bushels in, in ending stocks, it's it's less than what we had last year. And uh, it's still very tight stocks. And so uh, while it's what, 26 million bushels more than what the average trade was looking more looking for, you know, it, it, taking a step back and looking at the, the overall picture and comparing it to last year, um, you know, we're still uh, uh, still in a pretty tight ending stocks in there for soybeans. And so I, I still, uh, you know, I, I, I've been saying for a while, I'll, I, you know, short term, I'm bullish on beans and, 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 you know, I still um, maintain that position. So I, yeah. I, but, but at the same time, we need some more bullish news to turn this around and, and uh, you know, it could just be getting done with harvest and getting more, uh, um, you know, yield confirmation of what's actually going on. I think the market is, uh, looking to trim off a, a one bushel per acre to the yield. Um, yeah. You know, if you get that, uh, and as long as demand, uh, as USA doesn't play around with demand, you'll go below 200 uh, yeah. million bushels and, and soybean prices will go crazy. But what, what happens if, if we don't get that yield cut? If we don't get that yield cut, we just stay yeah. neutral. Um, things are not going to look good. So it's it, So now we look ahead to what is it, October 12th as the next, USDA supply report, and that's where we would hope to see some additional cuts. Maybe you're not going to see uh, that whole bushel, but maybe you'll see something. Yeah. And will they print it? Let's do our normal wrap-up. Let's start with the grains. Let's talk corn first. How did it do this week? Well, like I said, it was actually a fairly quiet trade, although finishing lower for the week after an unimpressive weekly chart is forming, right? So anything lower was bad, and we and we did finish the week a half a penny lower, and, and could have easily finished a dime higher, uh, and and that's just if we were able to hold steady today. But we trade down eleven and three quarter, I think it was in the December corn, and we finished the week off half a penny lower. Um, all this while we're continuing to get extremely disappointing yield results on the corn specifically. I think most of the bean results that we've been getting in have been fairly impressive, but the corn, not so much. And I think still to me, Illinois remains a big unknown. Um, I, I, I would love to see more results from Illinois in particular, because to me, that's a big question mark. And I, I don't know, Matthew can definitely elaborate more on this, but uh, 
I, I think there is some question, and I think maybe this is why we were ticking higher for through the first four days of the week. Uh, there is some question about how things are going to progress in Brazil. And I know we've already talked about it a couple of times, but is that pattern continuing down there, Matt? I think predominantly it is remaining dry. It looks like they're going to get some uh, spotty rains. And so I do think you'll see an uptick, an uptick in planting next week. Um, I just think far, you know, it's not going to stop the planting, but farmers are going to continue to tiptoe into it. You know, it, it's, uh, it's one thing to plant a month before you get any rain. It's another thing to plant 10 days before you get a rain. And so I think farmers are willing to risk it. Um, you know, go ahead and plant, even if there's no, there hasn't been any significant rain, but they're willing to bet that in the next 10 days or whatever, it'll show up. And so they might plant, plant in the dust a little bit. And so, um, so I, it, it might continue to, uh, the planting pace fall below the, you know, five-year historical mm. average, but right. I don't think it'll fall below that. It's not going to stop. And so, um, you know, most of the planting taking place is in, what we're referring to for soybeans is in Mato Grosso and Paraná. The Paraná isn't as big as Mato Grosso, but they have been getting good rain there and they are advancing the, the planting there. Um, you know, mostly what we're referring to for the moment is Mato Grosso because they're so big and, right. and have carry much more influence. And they're the ones that are a little bit more behind. And, and again, as we've talked about, even if they are, let's say they get it in two weeks late, that's not necessarily going to affect the soybean yield so much, but it will impact the second crop corn that, that follows it because it just pushes it short yeah. their window of time to get in and afterwards. That's why I couldn't help but think that maybe that was influencing that, you know, just slow ticking higher through the first four days of the week in the corn where the beans were just stagnant. You know, what, one other thing I'd point out, I know we're talking about Brazil, they get most of the attention, but things are off to a really nasty start in Argentina. And if you look at that um, groundwater map that, uh, you know, we can pull up here and, and show you that. I mean, you can see in the red in Brazil and lots of Mato Grosso how there's just no uh, groundwater there right now. Um, but you see that big red area where Argentina is. I mean, it's, uh, it is a hot, dry mess there right now. And usually yeah. they have, they're getting 15 to 20% of their corn planted by now. Uh, and, you know, they have less than half of that. And their wheat, their wheat crop needs uh, rain yesterday or or uh, uh, two weeks ago, and uh, because it's flowering right now, and and there uh, there isn't anything uh, yeah. happening, there isn't anything on the horizon, and so it's odd. We we talked about how southern Brazil, which is right to their border, is getting a lot of rain, probably too much rain, and it's just not making a cross into Argentina, and so uh, this is. You know, it, this could change all tomorrow, change next month. But at at the moment, it is uh, Argentina is off to a fourth year in a row of a rocky start to their uh, growing season. With 125% inflation to, to boot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they need they need to grow the crops. They really need it to uh, control their their inflation problem. Yeah. Let's switch over to soybean. How did it do? Uh, another horrible week. Um, <laughs> just, you know, we we're down 44 cents last week for the week. And then this week we come in and trade 21 and a quarter lower for the week, finish at 1275 below for first level support at 1282. 
And now you've got to start wondering if we're not going to go attack the 1250 range. If we see follow through to start next week on Sunday night into Monday morning, that's likely going to be our target area, at least for the short term. I'd like to see today hold, but uh, making lows right at the close, not exactly the most promising situation. And, I, you know, beans are getting harvested rapidly nationwide. Harvest pressures to be expected. And, and that's a lot of what we're seeing. And, and like I mentioned earlier, we are seeing better than expected, higher than APH, bean yields in a lot of areas. I don't know that we're getting all the bad reports. You know, I think people are more apt to talk about the good crop than to, than to cry about the bad. So maybe we're getting a little bit of a skewed view here, but things aren't looking real good for the beans and technical support has got to come in here sooner than later. We're going to have a real problem. Um, we talked about the stocks lower than last year, higher than expected. Uh, I don't know how much of that's going to weigh in in the coming days or if they flush it all out of their system today. That's what we're really going to have to wait till next week to know. Cattle seemed to take a breather this week. Did it turn into a correction? Did they did they come out in the green any or were they also in the oh. red in the week? We were we were red in the cattle too. We haven't done any major chart damage yet, but we are on the cusp of it. And I'd like to pull up that April live cattle chart here to point out a couple of things. So when we look at this, we can see that uh, we did go make those highs, um, you know, here in the last week and and then started to fall from there. Then you have a couple of really hard down days. But through all this, you're you're still holding trend line support. You're still holding significant move in average support. So there's there's definitely no major damage done. Uh, so far, still just a breather, but it, all, all it takes is one good down day next week and we turn that little breather into a correction. And, and then we are doing a little chart damage and then we're looking for lower support levels, chart gaps, things of that nature. And if we do go target those kinds of things, then we're talking some serious dollars uh, lower here. So, uh, and, and that's true of, you know, you talk about November feeders, April fat cattle, uh, December fat, any of them, th there's a similar story there. So we, we definitely need to see how next week starts. If we're going to get follow through to the downside, then we may have something on our hands here. Let's finish up with hogs. Not a great report. Like y'all talked about, do they have a good day in the market? They had a good day yesterday getting ready for the report, but then, uh, took it all back today. So you finished the October hogs down $1.32 for the week at 80.20. And October actually performed the best of any contract month for the week. So that $1.32 was a, a little soft landing compared to some of these. And December now, uh, December hogs are testing multi-month lows. Um, cutout values were kind of keeping things propped up and kind of a bright spot in the market. And we don't even have that. And then you get the hog and pig to just kind of cap it off. And I think that's where we saw the weakness today. I, there's arguments to be made about, you know, spreading cattle against hogs and some of these market actions we've seen have been a little false, misleading, skewing the market a little bit. I think now you've got each market trying to stand on its own two feet. And I don't, I don't know this, this definitely doesn't look like a good scenario for the hogs as Matthew talked about. I mean, I don't know how you overcome this because longer term, it just means more and more pigs. The, the, the If you look at the long-term trend on the weekly charts, um, nothing's really changed here. We're continuing to kind of drift lower. We're getting a lot of volatility, you know, a lot of ups and downs during the week. But, uh, you know, this week in particular, um, 
you know, we were up pretty good at one point and then we went all the way back down and settled at our lows for the week. And so uh, nothing's changed and the report didn't give us any real, you know, long-term bullish information other than to say, it looks like things are going to continue as is in the market. And, uh, uh, and so that's kind of unfortunately where we're at there. All right. That'll do it for this week. Thanks so much, y'all. You guys have a good one. Have a good weekend. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.